Welcome back to Gateways, a podcast about the people, places, and possibilities of our gateway cities. I'm Ben Foreman, director of the Gateway Cities Innovation Institute at MassSync. Today's episode is part one of a three-part series on early college high schools. Our first guest uh, in this series is Joel Vargas from Jobs for the Future. Uh, Jobs for the Future is an organization that tests and scales promising strategies to help low-income youth and adults get the skills they need to be successful in today's economy. Uh, they've been working on early college high schools for quite a while, and they're kind of the gurus on them. If you don't know what early college high schools are, uh, listen to Joel. I think he gives us a, a great primer on that. Uh, if, if you're very familiar with the model already, you might want to skip ahead to the second part of our episode today, which is a conversation on the ground at an early college high school, Salem High School. Uh, we talk with uh, students from the school, folks from the university, uh, educators and, and their partners that put this program together. It's an excellent episode. I think it gets to the heart of what we want to do here on this podcast is, is hear directly from the people who our public policies uh, affect in their everyday lives. So uh, again, if, if you want to hear more about early college high schools, uh, listen to this great discussion with Joel Vargas, as, uh, give you all the background you need to understand why it's so important and such a powerful model. If you want to get to Salem directly, um, move up about uh, the 13-minute mark. Joel joins us remotely from California for this conversation. We were just chatting a little bit about how our organizations share a similar mission of thinking about education in terms of how it helps children build the skills they're going to need to be successful in a more challenging economy. And he begins by talking about how early college as a model uh, is uniquely able to do this well. You know, this... This, this uh, sort of pattern that you noted where you can improve high school graduation, even though that's, uh, I don't want to underestimate the heaviness of that lift. Um, and Massachusetts has certainly been a leader and other states have, have we've seen them improve over the years. Um, but that does not mean that students are necessarily um, ready uh, academically or, or socially um, or financially uh, to enter or succeed in college. Um, a lot of students actually do uh, uh, enter college. We've, we've been successful um, nationally at, at convincing young people that and their families that college is, uh, you know, in kind of a, necess- a necessity for uh, being competitive for a, um, a, go- a good career. But um, too often, unfortunately, students enter college and uh, they don't have uh, what they need to succeed. Uh, and to complete degrees and credentials. So what early college did was a pretty, it, it, it was a pretty bold in its design proposition, which was, what if we simply, what if we tried to solve that problem that we just talked about by um, removing boundaries um, between high school and college and actually incorporating college into the high school experience? And so these started in about 2001, 2002, um, as small schools, usually between 200 and 400 students, um, all focused on students who otherwise would not go to or complete college at high rates. So low income uh, students, Latino students, black uh, students tended to, we tended to see those schools um, being uh, tested in these communities. And the idea was, could you give an opportunity for students to earn um, an associate's degree or one to two years of um, college transferable college credit 
while they were in high school at no cost to them or their families uh, as a way to give them some serious momentum towards college complete towards college completion. And um, in fact, we've seen over the years that that uh, the answer to that proposition was very positive, uh, that students, uh, if you challenge them in that regard and actually design high schools to accomplish that degree completion goal, a lot of students, uh, by, by our last count, 30% um, of early college graduates had earned an associate's degree concurrently with their high school diploma. And many more uh, were receiving critical uh, masses of, of college credit that were transferable um, into, you know, their next steps in their post-secondary career. Yeah, I, I know, you know, we focus on our gateway cities, our older manufacturing communities in Massachusetts, and a lot of those places uh, a decade or two ago, families didn't understand why college was so important. And that has clearly changed. Almost all the families are trying to send their kids off to college, um, and they're still struggling. And I think, you know, we've learned that there's multiple barriers. Some of it is being ready. Some of it is making the right decisions, picking the right major, and not getting there and starting on a path and then changing your mind, starting again. Um, you know, there obviously is the financial barriers of kids needing to work and help support their families in a high-cost state like Massachusetts. And then there's just, I, the, I guess, f feeling like college is for you and fitting in on a college campus. Can you talk a little bit about, like, which of these barriers earlier co early college is most effective at, at overcoming? Or Yeah, and I, I mean, before I even do that, I would even add that, you know, you mentioned the field of uh, manufacturing, and it's a really good example, Ben, because it is a sector that has changed and become uh, much more highly skilled, you know, clean shop floors. You need to know how to um, operate and master the, the machines <laughs> through technology and coding. Um, so this is why that uh, these the skill and education requirements for these kinds of jobs have increased uh, and uh, necessitated some post-secondary education, include you know, including in in technical and community colleges as well. So sort of expanding that palette of post-secondary options is really important for families to understand. We don't just mean, you know, the, the um, selective four-year institutions. In fact, most uh, students in the country don't go to those. They, they tend to go to uh, broad access public uh, universities or community colleges. So we're really targeting that population. And in terms of the barriers, yeah, I mean, I, I, I put them roughly in, in academic, sort of the academic category, social and financial. So academically, um, a lot of students don't tend to be prepared um, to go to college because, in fact, their high schools may be focused on, um, I think we've gotten better at this as a country, but, you know, our stand, uh, states did not have standards for some time aligned to post-secondary education. Now, that's uh, improved over the years, um, including through efforts such as the Common Core, which I know uh, has undergone some controversy in other, other parts of the country. I think it's still uh, alive and well in Massachusetts. But, you know, even, even then, um, the pacing of college courses, not just the content, is something that differs. And the demands on students to really manage their own learning uh, is something that colleges uh, really demand that uh, is quite a, a leap and a, and a change of mindset uh, for high school students. So that, that can be a tremendous leap academically. So what early college can do in that regard is to make sure that uh, students are 
actually get some experience in college courses with 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 proper a scaffolded support, but eventually really learn uh, how to make that transition into more rigorous, um, faster paced college level work. Socially, yes, yeah, students often don't feel, especially from underserved backgrounds, they go to colleges and don't feel like they necessarily belong. So what early colleges do is to put students in that social milieu and, and exposure to, to peers uh, who look like them, um, but also help the students to identify themselves as a college student if they're successful in those environments. So it gives them a taste of, of what it's like and, and it tells them that it, uh, college can be for them on something that they can be successful in. And then of course, there are the financial barriers. You know, we hear a lot about uh, students and families taking on increased loan burden to uh, complete uh, college. And to the degree that students uh, finish uh, some college early without the need to take out those loans because this opportunity is offered to them for free, that can really you know, reduce financial barriers to degree completion. Great. All right. Well, we're, we're going to go out in this episode and talk to some students at Salem High and hear from them firsthand about some of these things. But before we leave you, I just wanted to see if we could get your sense of the evidence that early college is working. We've seen an increasingly number of, of studies come out with really positive results. Can you talk a little bit about the research base? Yes. I mean, by the most rigorous uh, methodological standards, um, you know, including uh, randomized control trials. Uh, there have been a couple of studies um, of early college schools, one, one with a national sample and one using a sample of um, schools in North Carolina, which for some time had the, uh, a great number of early college high schools. So, you know, basically that, the, the, the method is that students were randomly either um, selected to go to early college because they they identified and then they followed, the researchers followed students who did not get to go, uh, but were interested in going in the early college schools. And the evidence is uh, really heartening, um, really positive. It shows that the early college schools are graduating students at higher rates from high school, that students are entering college at higher rates, uh, that they are completing associate's degrees uh, at higher rates. And also in, as the uh, researchers have been able to follow students longer, they're finding that students are completing um, more, even more bachelor's degrees uh, than the comparison group. And there is a little bit of evidence beginning to suggest that um, graduates are more likely to be employed full-time uh, a few years after um, uh, their, their uh, post-secondary graduation. So uh, this is, uh, you know, a very successful um, school model. Uh, it's rare for um, research to show those kind of results uh, with these populations who are in such great need. So um, we're big believers uh, in trying to scale up this approach. Yeah. Well, and lastly, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, what is happening in other states? How are they uh, absorbing these data and, and, and investing in early college? Well, uh, like uh, Massachusetts, um, there's still a lot of interest in, in early colleges. Uh, it has become um, adapted uh, to, to suit sort of like, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that these started in small schools, um, which, you know, I think do offer some advantages in terms of personalization of the experience. 
But um, JFF and, and other partners around the country and states have really tried to adapt this uh, design for larger schools. Um, and there's much more of a movement towards um, something I alluded to earlier, which is uh, with regard to manufacturing, uh, having early college routes uh, in career technical education areas, recognizing that there are really good jobs in uh, sectors like uh, information technology, health careers, and advanced manufacturing uh, that necessitate post-secondary uh, credentials, which can, you know, be incorporated into the early college design. So we see much more of that happening around the country. Great. Well, those are things we'll look out for as we visit some uh, of our gateway cities and see how they're experimenting with early colleges and scaling up their programs. Uh, we can't thank you enough, Joel, for taking the time to talk with us and all of your, your excellent work and leadership in this area. Thank you, Ben. And I'm really uh, hopeful about uh, Massachusetts leadership uh, in the country and uh, scaling up early colleges. Thanks for having me on. Now we take our conversation into the community. I drove up to Salem to hear about how they built an early college high school, what it took from all the partners involved, and what it meant to a student who completed her first year of early college. Welcome and thank you all for joining me this afternoon and making yourselves available. We really appreciate that. Do you want to just begin by introducing yourself so everybody can hear your voice and get a sense of who's at the table today? Uh, thanks, Ben. Um, I'm Linda Saris. I am Executive Director of Leap for Education, and we are a partner with Salem Public Schools and Salem State University on the early college program, and we provide support services, and we also do a summer orientation for the students. Hi, Ben. I'm Matt Bayonne. I'm the director of the College and Career Center here at Salem High School um, and also the support person for the early college program from the high school standpoint. Hi, Ben. I am Michelle Pierce. I'm the associate dean for the College of Arts and Sciences at Salem State University and am responsible for a lot of the program coordination on the university's end. Hi, I am Nadia. I'm a junior at Salem High School, and I am a student in the Early College Program. Great. Well, again, thank you all. And Michelle, why don't we start with you? I can, you can just tell from all the different voices and roles around the table that putting an early college together is quite an undertaking. Can you talk a little bit about what you've built here, what it looks like, and how you've done it? Sure. It has been quite an undertaking, um, but also very rewarding. I think uh, we started thinking about an early college program recognizing the assets that our community has, our proximity to Salem High School um, at Salem State several years ago. Um, so it had been in our minds and then we were fortunate that the, um, the call for proposals for the grant funding came out and we put a team together, actually a team that we've had in place um, for several years working on different, um, different programming for high school students. Uh, we gathered and worked to design a program that we thought would be a good fit um, for our population. And it's intentionally designed, our program is offered to juniors and seniors, I should say, at Salem High. It's intentionally designed to offer a structured, scaffolded type of experience in the junior year um, where students are still at the high school and the university faculty member comes twice a week to co-teach with the high school teacher. Um, we offer history one semester and English one semester in the junior year here 
at the high school with the co-teaching model. And then we, in senior year, our first year of this will, is coming up uh, in the fall, those students will be transported twice a week to the Salem State campus for, uh, for coursework there, still cohorted, but with um, just a university faculty member teaching the course. Uh, we also wanted to have a career pathways focus and while we were not insisting that students you know, commit to this for the rest of their lives, we wanted them to have something guiding their coursework uh, that they were interested in. So we have, uh, when students come in, they can choose between a business information technology focus and a uh, healthcare focus. And that also determines what courses they're taking in the senior year. So the history and English are gen ed courses um, that are transferable in junior year. But then senior year, um, students take in the first semester uh, a first year seminar on um, exploring careers in those fields. And then the second semester senior year course for the business students is microeconomics and for the healthcare cohort is medical ethics. So, and all of these are courses that would fall into gen ed programming at any of the other state universities as well. So very transferable. I mean, this sounds like this really rich stew that you're serving students. <laughs> Matt and Linda, do you want to talk a little bit about how that fits into where Salem High is trying to go with college and career readiness and putting kids on pathways that lead to great career tra trajectories? Sure, Ben, yeah. Um, I think one of the things that, that we wanted to do is to get a real diverse group of students and to have the students in this program, which is 50 students. Each year we um, add on another 50 students, so next year it'll be another 50 students that are experiencing this. Um, the, the idea of the early college programs is, is to really expose students during high school to college work. Um, so that is, that's, I think, been a real eye-opener for us on the high school level, for the students. Um, and also myself uh, as an administrator and, and a support person for the program. Um, and when you say eye-opener in terms of the additional rigor that, that students can take on? Definitely, definitely. And, and the diversity of that, that we have in, in the classroom. I, I think the, the 50 students that have been a part of the program this year have really benefited um, because it's, a, it's, it's diverse in terms of demographics. It's, it's in, diverse in terms of the levels of, of classes that students have taken in the past. Um, and I think students have really responded to that uh, really positively. Um, I've seen that in my, in my observations of the class and also seeing the students do presentations at the college level at the end of the semester. Um, so it's been really exciting from my standpoint. I think it might be worth talking a little bit about how the week is scheduled out. So on um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, the Salem State professor travels to the high school and co-teaches with one of the Salem High School teachers. On Monday and Wednesday, the Salem High School teachers are alone in the classroom with their students and they're doing enhancement work around what's going on in the classes, helping answering questions from students, helping them writing their papers and doing assignments that were given to them and then also building additional curriculum around relevant to what they're learning in the college course. Sort of like, um, I think when I was in college, I used to call them like recitations when you used to break down into smaller groups after each class. And then on Mondays um, is the support, sort of the college and career day. So during the fall semester, 
the North Shore Workforce Investment Board, and that's Mary Saris. Um, her team comes in and they talked a lot about career pathways, particularly around the healthcare and the business IT. And then starting in January, Leave for Education came in on the Mondays to start prepping the kids for what they're going to need to know to prepare for college, what the timeline is going to be, what exams they need to take, how they're going to pay for it, what college life is like. Um, things like going abroad and um, extracurricular activities and, and um, answering any questions. So they, we brought speakers in from Salem State um, who are at their peer level that are um, going to school right now to answer questions. Uh, so for the healthcare group, we had one of the nursing students come in and they drilled her with questions, which is really nice. I have to say that, um, as Matt had mentioned, it was a diverse group of students. We had a lot of ELL students, so these are English language learners. So the other um, service that Lee provided is we do after-school tutoring, so we're open to any students who need additional help um, above and beyond, and a lot of, I'd say maybe a third of the students do come after school to get help from um, LEAP tutors. Great. Nadia, you've been waiting so patiently, <laughs> and we're really eager to hear what, it, what all this means for a student. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about how you heard about early college and why you enrolled? Um, so I think I first heard about the early college program at the end of my sophomore year. So currently now I'm a junior. I heard I first heard it from Mr. Bayonne. I see him around school, so I was just walking in the library one day and he like he stopped me and he mentioned the early college program. But when he did, I was like, it's probably just something else. It's not I didn't take it really seriously. So a couple of days later I went to see my counselor and she also mentioned the early college program to me. So I was like, okay, maybe this is something that I should pay attention to because I've heard it from two people already. And at first I was like, maybe it's gonna be way too hard for me. I might not be able to deal with it. And I still didn't commit to it at that time. So I went to leave for education because I go there after school sometimes to, for a couple of programs. And I met Linda and she also talked about it. So I was like, okay, this is definitely something I should look into. I, she explained that it could help me get um, credits for college. She explained what the program was and how it could benefit me. So I then at that time I was like okay I'm definitely gonna commit to this because I like challenging myself and taking more harder classes because I was already taking AP classes so I decided to just take that because it's another challenge like more than my AP class so the next day I had my counselor I signed the papers I got everything done I signed up for it and yeah and I started telling people about it I told all my friends literally all my friends are in my call my college success program class like. They, I told everybody that I knew, literally. And, and so how has it been taking those challenging courses with college professors? Well, when I went, to it, went into the class, I didn't really know what to expect because I've never been in a college class before. But I, I, was like, I thought it wasn't going to be too hard. It wasn't going to be harder than my AP classes. So I went, I, when I started the class, I didn't know what to expect. But the professors were very nice, actually. They, they were very calm, nice. They helped us like adjust into the like study system and the lectures in class, and they helped us take notes. They like guided all the students through that. And before we even started the classes, we had the orientation in August. So that also gave you an understanding of what we were going to be doing in class and how everything was going to be set up and how the schedule was going to be placed. 
So the orientation definitely helped like me and all the other students to know what exactly to be ready for when we go into class. So then, yeah. And also having the fact that Leap for Education and the college, pro like on Mondays we had the engagement program which would help you to your career path. That was also like a very good experience because they didn't only help you like guide you through getting into careers, but you had you had the opportunity to ask questions and figure out more about what you wanted and understand more about where you were going in your future careers and your life and it helps you have this sense of like placement and knowing where you're gonna be when once you get out of high school. So yeah. It sounds like you've kind of bounded over the challenge without <laughs> that much difficulty. Is that the you have most of your fellow students found it doable or have, have others do you think struggled more with the tough college classes well it was definitely a tough class I'm not saying that it was <laughs> completely easy it was definitely a tough class you had to pay attention to the professor's lecture you had to take down notes because for the first semester I had to take the history class and the second semester I had to take English class so the first semester was more about knowing how to be in a college class setting, like taking notes. Like if you didn't take notes, you wouldn't know what the professor's talking about the next class. <laughs> if you didn't like read the book, you wouldn't know how to participate in class and get engaged in the conversations. Because if you're not engaged, then you might not be able to remember everything that's being said in class. Because when you participate and get engaged in class, you retain more knowledge than just sitting there and listening for hours and hours and just like maybe not even taking notes. So I feel like that part really helped me with like taking notes and participating, engaging in like conversations. And for the second part in the English class, it focused more on writing because it was a writing English class. It helped me improve my writing skills and like I narrowed down all these like issues in my writing. I, I fixed my writing techniques. I did a lot of stuff better. So now I actually think I'm a decent enough writer to go into a co to college to like write 10 paper long essays or five paper. Because when I heard about us writing like a 10 paper long essay, I was like, this is unbelievable. I'm not gonna be able to do it. I am going to have a mental breakdown. But that, that didn't really happen. Because it's, when you st once you start writing and you know exactly what you're talking about, it just flows. Like you just, write and you don't stress too much about it, but just like telling a high school student that you have to write a 10 page long paper, that's that's devastating. I'm not even gonna say it's it's really it's really <laughs> it's really hard. So I've definitely had my challenges in these classes and I feel like a lot of students really struggle with the part of taking notes. Because if you don't take notes then you you don't have anything to refer back to because you don't get packets like how you do in the regular <laughs> high school class you don't get papers you just have to take down notes and lectures you have to write down all the important stuff so I feel like that really helped a lot of students like take down notes because we, we were very lost when we walked into those classes well that's great to hear it sounds like you're more prepared for college than I was when I went <laughs> I definitely am college now. And I'm, I know what to expect I'm glad to hear about the writing too because I did I taught community college for a while and I noticed the students were really struggling with the writing more than anything and I think that was the hardest thing as a as a professor to try and help them build those skills. Yeah, definitely. Had so much going on. Great. He really helped us. With, like we, we spent the whole semester reading about writing, which is which sounds weird, <laughs> but we literally read about how to write and how to use punctuations and how to use all these like 
different writing techniques, how to do a summary, how to do an analysis, how to do a research paper. So I feel like we really touched on all the basic writing aspects that you would need to know going to like a freshman writing class or to going to a college class and you're asked to like write a research paper on something and you'd be so confused because you haven't, you don't really learn that in like your regular English class. So I thought that was a really good, that was a really good opportunity for me because now I know I'm like really solid to go to college right now. Great. So we've heard about Nadia's challenges and how she overcame them. What about, you know, as administrators who are building and flying this thing at the same time? What came up and how did you solve it? So interestingly, one of the things at the university um, in planning for this that we found to be particularly challenging uh, is the schedule differences. Um, just, you know, it seems sort of technical, but it really is challenging to, in this co-teaching model, to have a university faculty member, these are full-time faculty members at the college, um, be able to work the high school schedule into their, into their planning time. So we had some challenges um, in terms of um, you know, what days is the, the faculty member teaching at the university? How can we make that work with the high school schedule? And of course, um, you know, there's a big difference because college classes meet twice a week typically for about an hour and 15 minutes. And then the, um, the high school classes meet daily, um, more or less. So we also had to think about, well, what's happening on the days, you know, when the, the, the college faculty are not there. And fortunately we had LEAP um, to come in and then we're able to use that as some some enhancement um, time yeah so a couple um, a couple challenges come to mind especially when we're starting out last year um, I think educating students and families about a totally new program that's happening in the high school that was one barrier um, and a challenge that we faced um, one of the ways that we dealt with that is having a meeting out in the community at LEAP uh, for parents and students to come um, during an evening and, and hear a little bit more about what the program was like. And then um, after students had applied to it, we had a parent and student meeting where we went into much more detail um, about the program and how could, it could benefit students and families. Um, the other uh, challenge I was thinking about was uh, something that Michelle talked about, the career pathways. Um, so uh, knowing that students had to pick a career pathway, business and IT or healthcare, um, the challenge was trying to uh, describe that that's not what they have to major in in college. It, it was for this program that we needed to pick two pathways. Um, so that, I think, um, was a challenge to have students apply to the program also. Um, and then to also um, find out how it would benefit students in terms of the rigor, um, you know, and how this would show up on, a, on a, their transcript. Um, and uh, so, yeah, those are a couple of things. I'd just like to add that um, the recruiting was a challenge. So you've heard Nadia. She, Matt told her to apply. She still didn't apply. Her counselor <laughs> told her to apply. She still didn't apply. Finally, we, I think, pinned her down and stuck the paper in front of her face and said apply. And she's an outstanding student and very articulate, as you can see. So the challenge was for students who... We did. There was no eligibility requirements for this program. Um, the only eligibility was your English language level, 
So you had to at least have enough, so newcomers into the country couldn't get into the program because their English wasn't at a high enough level. Um, so convincing students, really smart, you know, high achieving students, and now, you know, convincing students whose GPAs maybe were more in the C level, that yes, you can do this, and this is something you should do. There were so many students who told us, I can't do this, I'm not ready for college work, I'm not smart enough. And you know, just trying to encourage them to just at least give it a try. And I have to say that, um, you know, I think with the support services, because the way I convince them is, you want to go to college, right? Right. So here's your opportunity to take a college course with as much, so much support, support from your high school, support from LEAP. And, so you will be prepared to go to school. So there's no downside to this at all. And I think the biggest success story is, is that I think out of the 47 kids, we've only had three that dropped out. That is amazing considering the diversity and the, you know, the range of GPAs and backgrounds that, of these students. And I just have to give the kids so much credit. Mm -hmm. Those are great points, Linda. And I just wanted to add something about our, our criteria or the, the minimal criteria that we have. Um, that was very intentional. We, we are a little unusual, I think, um, in that some early college programs have a high school GPA um, minimum. You have to be above a certain GPA to get into a, an early college program. We purposely, um, did not decided not to do that um, because we wanted to target students who were not necessarily obviously we have some high achieving students but we also wanted to leave it open to students who were not sure if they had the confidence to be um, in college classes but wanted to give it a try and we also recognized that you know on occasion you might have a high school student who in the high school setting, the structure is not, you know, engaged um, for whatever reason. Um, and they might, in trying a new program, in sort of being tapped for a new program with a fresh start in a college class, actually take to that experience and find that, hey, you know, maybe I can um, be successful at this. So, um, so we really wanted to leave it open. Um, and I think that that you know, that was a bit of a risk, I think. I mean, talking to some um, colleagues at other institutions that are doing this, um, you know, people have found that, yeah, maybe a little a little risky, um, not having the, the GPA requirement, but I think um, we've proven that, um, you know, a lot of kids can be successful, all different, you know, types of students. Great, all right, well, let's go back to Nadia now and talk a little bit about success you just finished your junior year oh. moving into your senior year how has this helped shape sure your your plans for the future what what are your goals your aspirations and how do you see early college helping you fulfill them um i definitely have plans to go to college and going to college i'm going to major in biology because i want to be a biomedical engineer so this program has definitely helped me save up money, helped me and my family save up money, because at the end of this program, I'm going to have 12 credits for college already, and that's a whole semester of college, so that's, that's thousands and thousands of dollars that my family's already saving from like paying for my college tuition. 
So it definitely helped me with that. And I took the medical field and like the medical section for the college program. And I think the next two classes I'm taking next year are they're definitely gen eds for my college major. So that's that's also good. I get that covered already. And well, my skills and like basically knowing what college is going to be like, I am solid for that. Cause I might have had some doubts about like taking really hard classes in college, but like my history class was a two oh five class. So it wasn't really it wasn't really that hard. It was it was pretty it was pretty decent for a college class and I got so much help from like my high school professor and the college professor and all the tutors that we had after school. So I had so many resources that I could refer to. So that really helped me get through all these classes. And yeah, that's basically it. This I could generally say that the college program didn't only help me like get credits for college, but it definitely helped me know what I want to do and answer it. They had so many guest speakers come in. I had so much, so many questions. I asked all the questions that I could ask about college. I'm already, I'm already halfway done with my college application letter. I am already filling in my, trying to like do a, like a filling my FAFSA already. Like they've really helped me with everything. I narrowed down my college list. I already know what colleges I'm applying to. I basically I'm I think I'm like solidly ready for college applications. I'm like ahead of my the rest of the juniors in this in Salem High School. So I think that that's really good too. That's great. So, you know, with just a few minutes left, I don't know if you guys have kind of thoughts that things that you think are really important for people to know. Wish lists how you how you're going to sustain this program and scale it you talked about adding 50 more a year i think i i did want to mention something that i think the teachers have talked about the faculty member and the the high school teacher and that is what they've learned um for their for their own knowledge about being in the other setting because i think often there's a disconnect between um you know the, the high school experience and college experience and that transition and um, both of them have talked about the note-taking as a good example where um, the college professor was surprised that students didn't have the, the habit of note-taking, so realizes now that students may come to college needing to build that skill, and the high school teacher said, you know, we probably need to be doing more with note-taking in the high school classroom. So there was great conversation around, around that. I'd like to point out that um, Salem High School, Salem State, and LEAP have worked together, not just on this, but on so many other programs. And so coming into this, I think we had a really strong partnership mm -hmm. that was there from the beginning, putting together the early the, um, designation proposal, putting together the grant proposal. Uh, we were all working together, so we all knew coming into it um, what um, how we would all work together. Uh, we, we had bi-weekly calls. Mm -hmm. um, just to talk about you know what the issues were and what need what we needed to discuss and I just have to point out that I don't think a lot of cities have that and I thought that was mm -hmm. really strong and the only other thing I would say is a large number of our students um, are first gen students mm -hmm. and so um, for Nadia to say you know that she has all this stuff ready to go FAFSA's her college list her essay um, you know she doesn't have those helicopter college admissions parents. <laughs> 
who um, you know are on these kids' backs all the time to get this stuff done. And the fact that these programs are there for these kids is just is just um, amazing and very much needed in the Commonwealth. Yeah, I think Linda and Michelle have talked about the supports that we have here, and I feel like we have a, a great support moving forward. I think it's um, you know looking towards the state to hopefully mm -hmm. create more funding um, and more avenues to create to um, have these programs excel, um, because it definitely seems like this is the future of education in terms of more partnerships between high schools and colleges. Um, I, I think uh, we've heard that in some of the meetings that we've had with uh, the Department of Education throughout the past couple of years. Um, and it's definitely exciting to be a part of one of these programs. And I think we as adults spend so much time um, creating a structure and creating a program, but to hear a student like Nadia talk about now at the end of her first year about all the things that she has gotten from the program, that is, that's what we do, that's what we do this for. Um, and one of the highlights of the program is to really be able to break down those barriers and dispel those myths about what college work is for high school students, especially first generation students. And I feel like that's what this program really helps to do. It's one of the highlights that I've heard about in other high schools and it's definitely happening here in Salem High School. Um, and Nadia is definitely a product of that. And we're really excited to have Nadia and, and so many of the students um, who uh, chose to be a part of this program, but Nadia has really spoken excellently mm -hmm. about it. Well, Nadia, do you want the last word? <laughs> um, sure. I just wanted to say that I'm very grateful to be even like a part of this like college program because the fact that people like Sam State and like Leaf for Education and organizations like that even thought of like giving students the opportunity to have college credits and like get a head start before like the rest of the class. And I think that was a really good that was a really good idea for them to do and I'm very proud to like walk around and say that I am part of the college program. Yeah, well it seems like an investment in you is a wise investment for the Commonwealth. So. <laughs> Thank you all so much for the work you've done and for taking time today to share it with us. This has been great, Thank you guys. You. Thank you. you guys are pros. <laughs> this week's episode was a lot of fun. I hope you got a taste of the power of early college from listening uh, to, to the leaders and the students who've been involved in this effort. And look out for parts two and three of this series. We'll have more conversations with both experts in early college uh, and on the ground in communities, gateway cities across our state. That's all the time we have for this episode of Gateways. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Ben Foreman. This episode was produced by Libby Gormley, music by the Curtis Mayflower of Worcester. And before I forget, uh, a very special thank you to the Smith Family Foundation for supporting all our efforts to bring attention to the power of early colleges in our gateway cities. Mm -hmm.